Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. Frederick Buechner was a Presbyterian minister and writer. He died last summer. For some of us, he was our favorite Presbyterian. I kind of feel like I lost a friend. Since his death, I've borrowed some of his words to offer as words of blessing at the end of some of our services. You may have heard me say, here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen Do not be afraid. Completed with the traditional and the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, so that you know what to do, right? Because there is this leeway for us clergy folk when we offer a benediction, but people tend to look up and get a little distracted when you go off script. This has also led to a number of conversations with some of y'all about this particular collection of words. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Do not be afraid. It seems to touch something in us. Last week, someone stopped me to ask about these words and shared that they felt very true. Today, he said, today is beautiful and terrible. I nodded. Another conversation about these short sentences came with this observation. That sounds like a summary of life and also like a summary of scripture. I paused, not having thought about the words that way before, and then again, I nodded. Yeah, here is the world, creation. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Gardens, exodus, prophets, exile, Jesus, Revelation, mm -hmm. do not be afraid. The most frequently repeated instruction in the Bible from start to finish. Though Buechner didn't necessarily intend for this to be a summary of the holy book, it does kind of work that way. The formula holds up pretty much all the way through the scriptures. And it certainly echoes in the stories we hear today. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Beautiful and terrible things. From the moment the story starts in beautiful Eden, with all that the humans could ever want or need provided, including not only fruit to eat, but also companionship in each other and meaningful work to till and keep the garden. There were also crafty, talking serpents and boundaries we shouldn't cross in that same garden, in the delightful, gorgeous world that God made. There are trees that will sustain and trees that will kill. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Do not be afraid. It's the same for the wilderness into which Jesus journeys. 
he could probably still hear that those extraordinary words of God ringing in his ears, this is my son, the beloved, with him I am well pleased. When he finds himself alone, fasting, searching for something, but finding only temptation and its embodiment, Satan, offering him variations on the theme of power in exchange for his soul. After three rounds, the devil finally departs and the angels arrive. This is the longer scene we get in Matthew, but it's summed up in the kind of Cliff Notes version of Mark in one sentence, all of that. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beast and the angels waited on him. Just like that. Do you see how, once again, it's all jumbled together? Even for Jesus, he finds Satan and wild beasts and angels. Even his world contains riverside baptisms and wild places of loneliness. The world offers words of blessing and invitations to stray. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Do not be afraid. A week ago, last Saturday afternoon, I sat in the lobby of Playhouse on the Square with a couple of dozen Calvaryites, maybe you were there, and listened to Charles Shipp the Younger talk with Jared Thomas Johnson. Jared was the director of the Scottsboro Boy play Scott's were a boy's play. And Charles filled a gallery with artwork inspired by the same story. The story, if you don't know, is painful. It's the unjust imprisonment of nine young men and the ripple effects of racism and bigotry. And Jared and Charles each created beauty of a sort from that terror Beauty that in no way minimized the pain or horror, but rather acts of creation that held up the brutality to say, here, this is the world. This is also true. Jared and Charles reminded us that afternoon that we don't live in a world of beauty or terror, but in a world in which beauty, beautiful, and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid to look and see and name and feel all of it. It's one of the messages of Lent that we ought not be afraid to acknowledge the beautiful parts and the terrible parts of Lent. Lent rolls around every year Whether you're feeling particularly penitential or not, just like Easter will arrive, whether you're feeling particularly joyful or not, sometimes our lives align with the church's liturgical seasons, but even when our lives are not in sync with the tone or the coloration of the church calendar, the rotation and change in seasons Remind us that there is a time for everything. 
Our interior lives won't always align with our exterior circumstances, but we'll roll through all of it eventually. I have a friend from way upstate New York who marvels at our southern ability to continue the walk through Lent when the signs of spring start popping out. For her, Lent means only and exclusively gray banks of months-old snow piled up in parking lot corners. Around here, we have daffodils. And soon, more and more temperate days inviting us out into the bright green world. Calvary, in its own peripatetic wisdom, moves between solemnity and Boston cream pie. Between the prophetic call of preachers and the warm embrace of friends we only see in the mural room in March. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Penitence and waffles too. Demons and angels. Freedom and boundaries. Laughter and silence art and cruelty, wild places and Edens, temptation and comfort, I could go on and on. And you can name your own ands, the mixed up feelings and tasks, the jarring juxtaposition of wilderness and garden. We all live with these and also's, grief, and also delight, worry and hope, music and violence, abundance and scarcity, guilt and forgiveness. In this Lenten moment, we use words like sin and temptation more than we regularly hear them, at least around here. One of the sins we might name and repent of is the sin of thinking that God is only present on one side of these bizarre pairings. The temptation is to believe that God is revealed only in the delight and not also in the grief. Or that God somehow lives exclusively in places of hope with music and not also places of anxiety and hurt. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Do not be afraid. So there is this encouragement in the breadth of Scripture, in the story of Jesus, in the wisdom of a superficial church calendar, and in the breadth of our own lives. An encouragement to reject thinking in an either-or way and to choose an and-also worldview. We are offered a vision that is a totality, a glimpse of the unified field. And when we open ourselves to the idea that everything, all of everything, is potentially sacred, we start seeing the world differently. It's happened for me this week, all week, I've noticed this thread and heard it and seen it in very different places. In that art gallery, in a, someone describing a poet having the elegance of disorder, 
another conversation about an avowed misanthrope who cultivated the most wonderful, marvelous roses. Someone naming the days hold space for tearful mourning and also magic. It's like Whitman said, we contain multitudes. And we shouldn't listen to the voice of the tempter, suggesting that God is only present on one side of a bifurcated life. Our lives are not reducible to exclusively beautiful days, and God is not absent on the terrible ones. After all, some days are beautiful and terrible at the very same time. Surely, the love of our God is woven into every contradictory, terrible, and beautiful detail. Here is that world. Do not be afraid. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.